because I think what happens for me, and I'm hopeful this will be helpful for listeners too, is whenever I'm in rooms with really powerful women, I have imposter syndrome Mm. where I feel like there's a part of me that gets really active. That's like, I don't have that success. I don't have, or I'm not successful or it's easy for them. It's not easy for me. Mm -hmm. And I get super nervous and I get super like closed down. Yeah. I like shut down. Yeah. So what would you suggest for me? I first off love that you'd say it's a part of you. Yeah. Because then you know it's not the whole of you. And then you can see the part because the part of you that is aware of imposter syndrome or really comparison, because that's somewhat what it feels like. It's comparing, Mm -hmm. isn't caught in the comparison. So the fact that you can see it, you're already free of it. Yeah. And to some degree. And so the, the mindfulness is really helpful. Yeah. And I think that that's normal, especially with online. Yeah. And every time we're moving towards what we want in we're growth oriented, there's going to be parts of our lives that we haven't fully developed yet because we're focused on one area. But if we're caught in an identity around it, we further loop in it. So one thing that's helpful is having a spiritual foundation of who is the one that is feeling imposter, who is the one that feels like not good enough. I remember social media is a great place to get free. So I remember I took a piece of pen and paper and just opened my social media and I started scrolling mindfully to see what got triggered inside of me. And I remember a mutual friend of ours, she was on her book launch and beautiful flowy dress in New York. And I heard the story. It's so easy for her. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Where did that come from? And then I realized when I was learning how to read fifth grade, you know, younger, I kept getting pulled out of my classroom for extra support because I had a reading comprehension. My, I don't learn through reading. I learn through kinesthetic learning, through doing. And I started comparing myself saying, I have to work harder than everyone else. So that's where the narrative got created for me. So once I saw simple image on Instagram, looked at where did this originate from? And then how do I work with that inside myself so I can be awake to the comparative mind rather than get sucked into it and loop and then project that onto every mastermind or every event that I'm at? Yeah, because I think so where did so in the example with you with the scrolling, you find the trigger. Yes. You go back to the moment. Yeah. And then what do you do? And then I inquire into where did this come from? What's this operating system that I picked up? When did I pick it up? And the seeing of it is really freeing. So the first, just being able to see this is a story. So living more mindfully, slowing down, and then really looking at, okay, put on these glasses, this perspective at that point. Is it really true? Do I know that she worked harder or she doesn't have to work so hard? Absolutely not. I actually heard more of her story later about how much she hustled for her book launch, but it seemed on Instagram that she wasn't. And that's what my mind concluded. So I think a lot of people get caught Mm. up in the person, not looking at the pattern. And so looking at what is the pattern that I'm operating through life from, and then how do I go to the root to really question, is it actually true? And if, you know, then I could find evidence for where things are harder for me. And I could also find evidence for where things are easy because the mind's not that intelligent. So you tell it a story and it starts to find the evidence for why that's true, but you can flip to the exact opposite. And it'll find evidence for how that's true. It's like, well, yeah, I'm gifted in these ways and I have challenges in these ways, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to unconsciously go into I'm not good enough or they're better or I should be further along because I've started to wake up to those trances of thought. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think I'm starting to wake up to it. It's like I finally am seeing myself as separate from that type of experience, but it's like Mm -hmm. it still can sort of take me down. And I'm kind of in the position where it's like I want to bring loving kindness to that part of me that feels never enough, that feels unsuccessful, that feels like everyone else is further along than me, but I also am like sick of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. What's that balance between having loving kindness for the parts of us? Yeah. But then also being like, but I want to be done with it. That's right. Yeah. I think sometimes we can know it conceptually. Yeah. And then there are other times where we feel it, we live it. And so just to backtrack, I think there are three stages of awareness, which might help orient a little bit. Yeah. So the first stage of awareness of a block it would be really not being aware. It's more of like unconsciousness. So ignorance is bliss. People that are ignoring, maybe avoiding through addiction or whatnot. The second stage is when you start the personal development work and you're like, oh my God, all I have is blocks. And you just start waking up to the conditioning that's been driving you. And it's almost like, oh my God, it was easier at stage one, and but I'm in stage two. So this is where we're just overwhelmed with different things that we're seeing. Stage three is having awareness of the blocks but knowing that there's space between you and that block. You seem to be at stage three, but you want to integrate it mm-hmm. deeper in your body's knowing. Yes, because it does feel, just on that yeah. point, feels like it's my brain going to like a muscle memory. Yes, it's a habit. Yes, mm-hmm. and I can feel it in my body. Yes, okay. The way that I work with people mm-hmm. is a five levels of change. So some people are really heady. They stay in their mind to avoid feeling something. It doesn't work because it just postpones it. Other people are the soul deep divers and they just go to do the personal development work, but they get lost in their emotions on spin cycle. And so helping people understand where, how they orient is supportive of them knowing different tools that will support them at different times. So for example, if I'm working with somebody and the five levels that I work with people and train coaches with is emotional, emotional mastery, somatic, meaning body centered. You don't have to know the story to let it integrate into your nervous system and clear through. So you feel it as a sensation, not a story. You can do mindset work, mental, the unconscious programming, and then behavioral. Sometimes people literally, like 20% of the work is you just need some strategic change. 80% is an inner game, right? So shift it on the inside and then it reflects outward. So with this feeling of imposter syndrome, do you feel it more emotionally? Does it grab you or do you loop in your head more about it? When you say, do I feel it more emotionally, say more. Like when it comes up for you. I'm like, all my thoughts are emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Like when you're in the mastermind or a connection. Yeah. Do you get triggered and feel it? You get taken over by your emotions or do you loop in your head more about it? I think I get taken over by my emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Because I could like cry. Yeah. Right now? No. Probably. If I thought about it enough, (laughs) I probably could. Okay. But I think in those situations, I, I don't know what it is, but if it comes to me or if it's my turn, it's like to speak when yeah. I'm in with powerful women, when we're talking about business, if we're talking about anything else, yeah. I'm all good. Like yeah. I can crush, but it's like, I will feel like I'm, yeah, like I want to cry. Yeah. And my heart just opens. I love you so much. Love you. And I would love if I'm ever in a situation that you speak your vulnerable truth when you feel safe to yeah. do that. And if you get activated to the point of tears to let that part of you that feels like an imposter, that doesn't feel good enough, I would say unworthiness, based on comparison, which I know well, if you let that part of you speak raw, vulnerable, truthful, Mm. either in that community, if you feel safe enough, or on your own, or with a coach, therapist, Mm. any professional that's trained, to let it have expression. 
So as you let that part, as if it were a child learning to speak, ironically, it coming up and out is what, and in, in doing it with presence and acceptance is what transforms it. So if you judge it, if you identify with that part, then you're stuck with it. So emotionally, and part of my, my methodology is about letting this part of you come up and out with full presence. So it's about essence, the truth of your being, embracing ego. So otherwise it's ego on ego. If it's psychology on psychology, it's not going to work. There's a higher dimension of presence on board that can start to welcome this younger part that was misunderstood, that is buying into stories about who you are and what you're capable of. Then you become this unconditionally loving parent, you could say, but really on a spiritual dimension, it's just the presence of your being. And that's what integrates it. And then you no longer keep looping in it unconsciously. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.